got set. Oops. Yeah. Oh, what happened there? Are you there? You you disappeared for a second. Okay. Do you remember what Scott said? Yeah. What did he say? He goes, oh, it's like two puppies. <laughs> I didn't hear him say that. <laughs> didn't? We've been laughing about that for months. It, yeah. It, well, that's so true. That's Scott. That's Scott. <laughs> well, you're puppies that can't. Oh, hey, uh, that's <laughs> that is how that's I talk about that all the time Anne marie and i laugh about how it's like yeah. you're not going to understand this i know you're not going to understand but we couldn't help each other that's why we were <laughs> such good friends <laughs> right right let's uh get started hey everybody welcome to over over 50 starting over and i'm barry edwards merle garrison and uh, uh, i'm sorry I said it's good to be here again, Barry. Yeah, it really is. It always is. We're actually recording a day earlier. Just I have um, I have client meetings all day tomorrow, important stuff. So thank you for showing up a day earlier because oh, yeah. I, I would hate to miss any of this. We got nice yeah. momentum going. And I was wondering, I, I mean, I just started thinking, is this actually our Christmas special? Or are uh, we going to – is it's Wednesday, right? Yeah. I <laughs> Good. Uh, let's see here. Today's the 18th, so seven days from so, now would be the 25th. Oh my gosh, that's so it, crazy! It, what? You know what? Okay, so it's, that means, and today's Wednesday, so Tuesday. I guess this is our Christmas show. Or we, if we want to squeeze one in on Christmas Eve on Tuesday, I'd be game for that. Okay. All right. Or let's do talk we do about it that. the day after? We could do one the day after. But if it's a Christmas special, I think we should kind of. What do you want to do? You want to do one next Tuesday or the day after Christmas? Let's see, Tuesday is Christmas Eve, right? Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, let's talk I after the show to figure that out. But I, I'm game for that. Let's just. I make think sure. it'd be fun to do one on Christmas Eve. Yeah, we could have eggnog and. Yeah. Who knows what'll yeah. happen? <laughs> so yeah, let's do that. That'll be fun. All right, sounds like fun. I promised last week that I would talk a bit about vitamins more oh, yeah, because right. yeah because i i was i was so excited about the arthritis in my shoulder i started doubling up on um my omega-3 fish oil which is still less than my recommended dosage i do less with everything but i started after a couple of weeks it started a drastic reduction in this arthritis in my shoulder so i was excited i mentioned that and uh, so I did some quick research on all my vitamins. Before I take on a vitamin, I do research it thoroughly, but it's been years. I've been taking the same vitamins for years. I did. Mm. So I had to go back and quickly do it again. Now, the funny thing is, is I always knew that omega-3 fish oil was for heart health. Right. And, um, but I thought it also had to do with joints. There's no, it says nothing about joint health. Oh. So uh, it it could be a coincidence or it maybe it has had that benefit on me unexpectedly, but I'll also say that another vitamin that I've been taking once again for maybe two months now is glucosamine sulfate. Mm. And that is for joint health. Okay. And 
so I'm just going to tell you a quick story about it. Now, uh, you remember my dog Bowser. Who of course. How, who passed, could forget Bowser? Yeah, Boxer, Shepherd, Husky, kind of wolf-like dog, and so yeah. nice and, and so smart. Personality galore. Yes. Yeah, he was just incredible. But those kind of dogs, they all, almost always will develop hip problems as they get right. older. Yeah. And so as he was getting older and you see him struggling to go up the stairs and stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, everybody's saying I got to try this glucosamine. So yep. I did. I didn't see any improvement for a long while. And then I realized I, I checked his weight versus the dosage. I wasn't giving him but about a third of what he should be taking. Oh. And when I upped him to the correct dosage, Within a week or two, I saw drastic improvement. Really? Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. So I want to, uh, a couple lessons to be learned there is with glucosamine, you do have to take quite a bit of it to get the required um, effect. Uh, and if you don't, you're really wasting your money. So be aware of that. Uh, mm. So it, it, I have seen it work with Bowser and that might be what's working on my shoulder, even though I'm not taking quite the recommended dosage, but I'm going to now make an effort because my problem is, as we discussed before, once I take my vitamins for the first time in the day, in the morning, I don't like to think about it again. Right, right. And most of my vitamins I'm supposed to take another time or two throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a struggle for me. So I am yeah. going to try to remember to take that extra dose of glucosamine in the evening or whatever. So it's pretty good. The last thing I want to say about glucosamine is that if you're going to give it to your dog, as I just suggested, it, it's so powerful for the right dogs, definitely get the dog version. And you can find it oh, online, very right. cost effective. And the reason for that is there's a lot of additives that are good for humans that are harmful and even fatal for dogs. There's, ah, you know, gotcha. there's chocolate, there's different things that dogs cannot have. So definitely get the dog version if you're going to do that. Okay. I was kind of just uh, flying by the seat of my pants. But that's there. okay. So, Glucosamine. Hmm. Now I, I have a question. So, sure. I mean, because joint pain is a pretty serious thing for people over 50, doesn't matter if yeah. you're starting over or not, uh, uh, that can really true. ruin your day. So glucosamine, it sounds like some type of sugar and maybe an amino acid or so. What the heck? How does, how, uh, what, very, do you have any idea? Question. And you're totally wrong. Um, <laughs> it happens no. all the time. Glucosamine is manufactured naturally in your body. I just took a very quick definition of it. It's, um, and it's, and it helps to keep the health of your cartilage rubbery. The rubber gotcha. cartilage is okay. the rubbery tissue. It is yeah. manufactured naturally in your body. And this is, uh, let's see, cushions your, uh, as you get older, your levels of this compound begin to drop, which leads to the gradual breakdown of the joint. That's all I stole for the show. But as I remember, as I recall, glucosamine, most of it is taken from, I think, shelf, shellfish. Oh. Uh, yeah. Hey, I, I think I remember hearing that on a commercial. Yeah, and I hate to uh if I'm wrong about that, please forgive me. And I did mean to um proceed all of this with a disclaimer of saying I am not a nutritionist. All right. What right. I what I'm throwing out here is strictly a layman's uh point of view for discussion's sake. And 
since we, you and I always started this show with a phone call between you and I and mine, because our phone calls right. have always been so fun and so stimulating. This is, I want to share this with you. Okay. But incidentally, I think some other people are catching, uh, catching this as well. So I, uh oh, you're frozen. I just want to say, do your own research and your your particular unique. Oh, did you catch my audio? You, I think you were saying the important thing is to do your own research on this yeah. whole thing because yeah. you're not the expert on this. However, you've had a great experience, and people that are mm -hmm. having joint pain or any kind of yes. pain like that are sometimes desperate to find a solution. So this is a great I tip. Yeah, I, I know exactly well, how you I feel. I was to the point of feeling desperate with that, as bad as my shoulder was. So that's why I was just so happy I had to I had to share this. So that's glucosamine. Got my disclaimer in there. Let's move on to a couple other things and wrap this part up. Okay. Um, all right. So let's see where I am in my notes. And I got most of these definitions off of webmd.com because they're pretty impartial. So, because I get all my vitamins on puritanpride.com, and if I go there and I simply, and now you're frozen, buddy, are, are you hearing me fine? I am hearing you great. Okay, then that's all that matters. Um, so, I get all my vitamins at puritanpride.com, and you could just go to vitamins.com and it'll Get, it'll reroute you over there. So whatever's easiest for you. But I don't want to give their definitions because there's invariably going to be a marketing slant there. So I want to give mm -hmm. some more partial feedback. So something that is very important to us over 50 is DHEA. And there's a big long term for that that I'm not going to bother trying to pronounce. But what it is, it's a hormone produced by our body's adrenal glands. And these are glands just above your kidneys. It functions as a precursor to male and female sex hormones, including testosterone and estrogen. Now Pre you have my attention. Yes. Precursors. So it's a precursor to both male and female sex hormones. The precursors are substances that are converted by the body into a hormone. So this helps you convert more testosterone for us mm. guys. Mm, All right. Mm, Very okay. important. The considerable drop off that happens to us as of our leaving our twenties, let alone getting the fifties. So as I recall, I was okay. I've been taking this since I was like in my mid thirties, as I recall. And back then I was taking 25 milligrams. And just because of reading that I've done that after 50, I've been taking 50 milligrams. Oh yeah. So, and they have a 50 milligram bottle of it. It's really cheap too. Uh, so I, I do, uh, I do highly recommend it for guys over 50 and here are additional, the claims range in benefits such as building up the adrenal gland, strengthening the immune system, slowing natural changes in the body that come with age, providing more energy, improving mood and memory and building up bone and muscle growth. So it might be uh, something that you may want to experiment and see if you, you asked me about energy. Yeah. And so, I so question for you. Mm -hmm. I, mean, is, I mean, how could you not want any of those things that you just mentioned? But I sure. want to ask you, are there, are there side effects? Is there a downside to this? And here's one question, especially regarding steroid, I mean, steroid, uh, um, testosterone. Mm -hmm. um, concern that I have is what if 
I were to take something like this, and then I decided, say, six months later, you know what, this is sort of upsetting my stomach uh, or ah. something like that, and I stopped taking it, does that have a detrimental effect to my own uh, hormonal levels, or could that somehow be damaging to me that I become dependent on a particular vitamin or or some type mm -hmm. of, uh, of uh, something? Uh, that now I have to take for the rest of my life. Oh, well, I think those are extremely valid concerns. As far as what you're talking about, there is a body developing an addiction to it. I simply could not see that just using common sense. You would just fall back to your previous levels. And I would think that everything would readjust to the way you previously were. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. you asked me about side effects. So I did a quick Google search on it. And it came up with possible side effects of DHEA uh, can include oily skin and acne, uh, mm. as well as skin thickening, hair loss, stomach upset, high blood pressure, changes in menstrual cycle. Now, I... Okay, here's a few things for women. Because remember what I said, this is a precursor for uh, hormones in men and women. So it was it was hinting that if you're a female, it would help you rebuild estrogen. Mm, mm -hmm, Whereas for mm -hmm. us, it helps us rebuild testosterone. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so women um, may want to take it too. However, I would strongly suggest that you do separate research. Uh, disregard what I'm saying because I take this, my research is for a man. Uh, taking from that point of view, I don't know what the recommendations are for women. Additionally, Three, three final ones. Facial hair in women. That's a, that's a fun one. Deepening the voice in women and fatigue, which is funny because it uh, conversely says it could give you energy. Yeah. So yeah. those are possible side effects. I have, I, I don't know. I have a very high tolerance to like everything. So I like my stomach never gets upset or right. I've never experienced any of this. So, but, but, but always be careful about that. And you you say that you you'd use this for some oh, time at now. least fifteen years. Oh, wow, probably okay. twenty. Yeah. Um, another disclaimer that uh, I was hinting at there is women. This what I'm talking about. Everything I'm talking about is from a man's point of view. I got about four more things to go through. Okay. And I want to do go, something. Yeah. Cool. But I would. I hope. Somehow, some way, I could get Lisa on here to discuss these kind of things from a woman's point of view because she's very knowledgeable and uh, and very well read. I think she would do a very good job. She's just kind of camera shy, so maybe I could have her off in the distance. Yeah, uh, well, and but it is so important to to weigh in really from is. the the female side of things because, as we've stated Absolutely. before, I mean, we're so different, especially in yeah. our body makeup. And especially uh, with women hitting menopause, we talk about uh, the reduction in our testosterone and related things that happen with that. But menopause brings about different things, uh, I, and I think differently for different women. It's oh, a very oh, yeah. complicated subject that you and I just cannot approach, so we won't. That, um, I think that's a, a policy that we should have. It is a policy that we will instill from now on for sure. <laughs> okay, additionally... CoQ10. And for those that are watching the video, I know most of you probably listening to the podcast, but those watching the video, I hold these up to the camera. CoQ10 is again for heart health and it is technically coenzyme Q10. Uh, on the street, 
It's called CoQ10. Commonly used for con uh, conditions that affect heart, the heart, such as heart failure and fluid buildup in the body, in parentheses, congestive heart failure or CHF, chest pain, in parentheses, angina, and high blood pressure, which runs in my family, along with all these heart conditions. Heart disease runs rampant in my family, which is why I take this in the fish oil, primarily. Mm. It's my okay. primary motivator. And... Um, uh, let's see. Also used for preventing migraines mm. and Parkinson disease and many other conditions. So I take one of those a day, uh, in the morning and so can't go wrong with that. In the morning, you, then you have several pills or at least three take that about you've six. mentioned, six of them. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that's your routine. Yeah, it is. And like I said, I would like to get into the, uh, I would uh, to get into the policy of doing one more, maybe in the evening or afternoon, another session of some glucosamine, omega three, and that's the only thing that's super important to me. Uh, I, let me uh, finish up because that this kind of stuff is reoccurring. Uh, the frequency. All right. So next is a new one for me. As of about one year ago, I started taking these vitamin D drops. Mm. Okay. So it's just a, it's an oil and they say, put it in your tea or something, which I would imagine would be very good, but I just put it right on my tongue, squeeze it and I'm done. And it's like this, uh, slightly oily, very hint of a lemony taste. I think oh. it tastes good. Oh, okay. yeah, I, th I think it's really good. So that's the way I do it. Hey, usually the things reason... in those kind of bottles do not taste good. So oh, <laughs> thanks for, for saying sure. that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You're absolutely right about that. I started taking this uh, as a recommendation because at this time of year, winter, I definitely battle the sad seasonal affective disorder thing. Mm. Um, when the days get that. really short, oh, I battle depression by... Something that helps a lot is for the last 11 years, Lisa and I do go to Florida at the end of February, but there's still a lot of darkness and cold. And here in Cleveland, gray, 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 dark skies all the time in the uh, in the winter. So I uh, that's where we primarily get our vitamin D is from the sun. Mm -hmm. Now, you can also get some. It's hard to get it from foods. There's some in fatty fish and egg yolks, some things like so, like liver, I think, which yuck, I'm not eating that. Yeah, um, no thanks. Yeah. So for six months out of the year, I do this vitamin D supplement in the morning as well. Uh, it's supposed to help with the depression. Uh, the so depression just, aspect. just during the winter months, you're taking that, not, Dude, not during I'm the summer because you're always out in the sun. Yes. And yeah. I, I love doing yard work, anything. Yeah. If it's nice out, I'm outside. I just love being outside. So I don't Well, it makes it. a lot of sense, Barry. I mean, I, I living here in Southern California, of course, the days are short here as well, but most days we mm. do get a lot of sun. So unlike sure. living in Cleveland where, you know, a big gray cloud rolls up in, in November and doesn't go away until April yeah. sometime, end of April for that matter. Uh, yeah. that, I remember that being just a long marathon of dreary, dark, hazy, yeah. misty kind of freezing cold days. And that's tough. <laughs> Out here, though, like you, you know, uh, I was on my bicycle yesterday, and um, it's you can you can do that all year long. So I can't imagine uh, going back and and not having the sunshine when it's cloudy for three days here. People are so depressed. I mean, wow. it's just wow. uh, out there. They wouldn't. I don't think they would survive out there. So uh, great no, tip. Agree. 
with the uh, vitamin D. I think that's uh, uh, well needed. I, and I have to say too, it in oh uh, other other um, benefits of it. Important role it plays a very important role in maintaining proper bone and teeth structure. Mm. And recently mm. found to help the immune system and protection against cancer. So you can't go wrong with it. As a matter of fact, it's like a lot of things that uh, uh, medical profession or nutritionists, I should say, seem to be pushing it way too much uh, to, in very, very high doses. And I think that a lot of these people have the, um, the mindset that you uh, something natural, a vitamin you can't OD on or do too much on. And dude, I'm not like that. I'm the opposite. It's something, and I'll, I'll get to my all-natural multivitamin here in a minute because that pertains to that. But if something tells me that I need to take very high doses of it throughout the day, I'm always going to go under, not over. Because right. I eat food, I eat pretty damn well too. And I think, yeah, I think you can overdo anything. There's su- certainly always too, such thing as too much of a good thing. And I don't right. want to find out when it's too late what that is. Mm-hmm. But I can certainly agree that I've been deficient on vitamin D uh, and I need a heck of a lot more of it. So just, you know, follow the instructions and don't go crazy with anything. Moderation for sure. But I want to throw these statistics out at you. 41.6% of the U.S. population is deficient in vitamin D. Listen to this though. Minorities fare much worse. 82.1% of blacks are deficient. 69.2% of Hispanics are deficient. Why would that? So be? I think it. Do they? I mean, I, what, I don't know. What's the difference? I, uh, I wonder well, why since, that would be. Since it's, I, it, it's counterintuitive, but since it's primarily derived from soaking up sunshine, are blacks I'd getting the least? I think it was the opposite. I, that's what I mean. It's counterintuitive. You would yeah. think having darker skin, you would absorb more. But so I don't know. I just wanted to throw yeah. that out. I think interesting. It's yeah, it is. I think that's an important. Um, thing to know. And uh, that brings me to, is this my last one? I think it is. I hope it is. I told you briefly about this last week, Merle, ultravitamin. I said, oh, Ultraman. Thing, yeah, Ultraman 50 plus. There's uh, uh, several different lines of the Ultraman vitamin. So needless to say for us, let's go with the 50 plus. And the reason for that is is it's high-performance vitamins with over 50 important nutrients for men, and especially if created for people, men over 50, um, with vital nutrients not commonly found in the diet like ginkgo biloba and philosophidilocerine. Oh, <laughs> that stuff is delicious. <laughs> I looked it up to see how to say it. I don't remember uh, how that is said. But, <laughs> That's a, uh, you did, but you did a good job, the, though. <laughs> uh, it's phosphatidylserine. Phosphatidylserine. Yes, you, I think you said it right. Both of those have to do with mental uh, health in keeping neurons firing correctly, lubricating the neuron pathways, something like that. But they both, you know how we start slipping mentally as we get older. This right. is to help. Prevent <laughs> what? What did you just say? Uh, this is to help prevent that. There's also stuff to put wood in your pencil uh, as well, such as saw palmetto, lipscopine, 
healthy prostate. Hush your mouth. (laughs) Healthy prostate (laughs) function. Okay, so it helps improve memory, especially occasional mild memory problems associated with aging. And finally, features features zinc, an important mineral that contributes to normal semen production and sexual health. So, but the most important thing is, is there's like 50. This is designed to be a catch-all for all of us over 50. So if you do nothing else, and you asked me about energy boosters, I would definitely think that's going to be an energy booster because you're supplementing. Oh, and you're supposed to take two, maybe maybe three of these a day. I forget. I only take one. I feel it too. I really do feel it when I take this. It is an energy booster. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Where do you get that? PuritanPride.com. Oh, okay. It is, it, is it one of their products though? So you can only get it from them? I, when I look up Ultraman Vitamin, I see this, uh, the label looks different, but offered by a lot of different companies. So I don't know if it's the exact same vitamin or okay. not. Okay. I can't answer that. Yeah. I just get all my vitamins there uh, because I find them very cost effective and I trust them. Uh, because of my experience with them over time. And I read all the reviews. I really research my vitamins because something I want to stress as we wrap this up, because we're 20, 25 minutes in now, but what, what I want to stress is that, you know, vitamins, the vitamin industry is not regulated by the FDA. Uh, now it's it, not hell no, it's not. So it's, uh, it can be so all over the place and all of their claims and everything have asterisks all over the place Mm -hmm. where it says it has been suggested that, and then it talks about some study here, study there and that kind of thing. So you have to be careful about, uh, what you're, what you're taking and where you're getting it from. And so with all that said, if anyone wants to chime in and set me straight on anything, I would very much appreciate that. If you have additional knowledge that you would like to share, we would gladly read it. So, you know, please, That's please right. share. This is what we're here for. We're, we're not experts on everything, to say the least. We're conduits and uh, give, a, give different people a voice. So with that, Merle, I'm really tired of talking at this moment. I want to get you in on this. I have a question for you that okay. we, you and I vaguely, vaguely talked about. Well, no, we've talked about this many times at different times. But it, along the over 50 starting over lines, I commonly talk about finding your passion, doing the thing of passion, you know, primarily more of like a startup kind of thing, mm-hmm. an entrepreneurial kind of venture, because that's what I help people with. That's my right, attitude. Right. That's why I talk about it. But what if you're over 50 starting over and you from corporate America with a very successful career like yourself, like Lisa, who has uh, reinvented herself over the last uh, few years. Uh, I shouldn't say reinvented herself, but truly reguided her career down a more passionate path. It's such an inspiring story that I would like to, or have her maybe share sometime. But in your case, you are contemplating different options. And what about men over 50 that got downsized out of corporate America, let's say, because that's so common. It it is very common today. And it really hits a man. It hits hits you you in your psyche, can totally tear down your self-confidence. And, but what if you're like, but 
I, I navigate corporate America so well that this is, this is just killing me and I feel too old to get back in. What do I do? I'm lost. What, I, you just take it from here. Give me your yeah. thoughts. Yeah. And all of these are legitimate thoughts that you're talking about, Barry. These are the questions of life for many men this age. I remember that uh, my father, he was uh, 55 when he decided to retire from Ameritech in Cleveland. And you know, th that was a very big move. And, you know, this, the rest of the story is that within a few weeks of announcing his retirement, he had a heart attack and he died. And so I think that you know, as I am nearly that age myself and contemplating my future, I think it really all depends on what you're looking for and what type of quality of life that you're looking for. I would never say that somebody in their 50s should not go back into corporate America. Like you said, if that's where you have thrived, then mm -hmm. maybe that's where you belong. I would say that everybody's different in that regard. My my father, he was a, uh, a VP of personnel at uh, Ameritech. And at the time of his death, he had been managing all of the negotiations between the communication workers of America Union and the management at Ohio Bell and Ameritech. And he was on the news almost every night managing. He was the front man for the negotiations. They hung him in effigy. Uh, his name was Ted. So I remember watching the news one day and he came on. They were, they always villainized him. Uh, he and, and he was always looking real mean on TV, which was kind of cool. Uh, but the... <laughs> And he managed that to success. He did that three times, three years in a row before he passed away. And every single time he successfully managed through one of those negotiations, you could see that he was aging about five or six years every single time. And yeah, it, was it sounds just, like being it was, president. It, you know, there's a lot of similarities that just I could see what it was doing to him and the stress that he was bringing home with him and the irritability that he had just dealing with everyday life. And, you know, he uh, he he had a heart attack like so many people do in corporate America. But, you know, I really don't believe that it was the business that did him away. It was how he thought about the business. It was, you know, he was the big attitude guy. But now looking back in life, I can see that his attitude was if it's up to me, it, it, if it is to be, it's up to me. And he put all of the pressure on himself. And, you know, in the in the end, my dad actually became Christian within the last five years of his life. And I could see that things were dramatically changing. He wasn't internalizing things the way that he used to. He would come home and many times have a, a pleasant smile on his face, which we, we didn't see that very often before. So he had he started to have a way to offload all of those stresses and, and put those things into God's hands. So I guess in a long sense, what I'm trying to explain is this, is that, you know, your direction and where you go from now has everything to do with what you're trying to get out of your life. And, and you have to prioritize what's really the most important thing in life. Is it, are you chasing the money? Are you chasing the, the fame of success? Is that really what gives you uh, self-satisfaction? Is that what grows your soul? Or is it your family or, or are you actually do, cause corporate America, you can make a lot of money and there's less mm -hmm. risk. 
because mm-hmm. you've got your 401ks all set up there. You've got your benefits plan. You know, you go into business for yourself like you have all these years, Barry, and there's a gigantic risk. There's nobody to back you up and support you. You've got to do all of that. Ups so and downs. Here's the here's how I look at it is that either way you go, there's it's not the life isn't gonna be easy. I really Grass believe is greener. that. Yeah, I really believe that. The success factor is all in how you internalize it, how you look at things. And if you believe, as I do, that God is for me, he's going to mm-hmm. lead me into success because his His will for my life is for me to be loved by him and experience all of his blessings in order to glorify him so that other people will see that and say, like you did, Barry, what, is, what does he have that I don't mm-hmm. have and how do I get it? And that's why he wants to bless us. And if we start really focusing on that and let him guide us into the thing that he wants, like let your heart guide you into it. What is it that you wanted? Forgetting about the money. And success is almost guaranteed. So I personally think that, yes, there are some serious stresses involved in corporate America. And for people that have done well there, maybe that's the place you want to continue to stay. But the, mm. there's a big wide world out there and the world is your oyster. Here's another thing to think about, Barry, is that maybe you've been in corporate America and you want to change, but it doesn't mean you have to leave corporate America. Maybe there's something within corporate America that you want to try that's different. I had a uh, uh, somebody that I used to work for that I respect so much. Her name is Amy. And she was my mentor, uh, my sales mentor for a time. And then she left the organization and now she's with another organization and she's the head of marketing. Well, there's some similarities there, but they're they're not the same as you know. And uh, now she's having the best time doing this whole new thing that she's learning. So I I really, I do too, you know, and as I personally sit here myself and contemplate, well, what do I want to do? You know, I've had some time to think about this and I started thinking, you know, I am such a history guy. I mean, in my spare time, I'm reading history books. I'm, I'm reading about Supreme court cases and who won and why they won and what the rationale and how it lines up with the constitution and, 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 you know, the difference between an originalist, which I am somebody that believes in the sanctity of the constitution and the original meaning or, or, and, and others who believe it's a living document and that the cha- the meaning of it changes as uh, as society changes, which I do not believe, uh, but learning all of those things, sometimes I think, well, gosh, maybe I should start to look at something. Maybe I should go back to school, go to law school, uh, get a law degree. My grandfather, as you wow. know, was a, uh, a district attorney. He was one of the first black district attorneys working for Robert Kennedy. And so I have this in my blood and maybe that's where I want to go. I don't know. But the cool thing is when you're 50, it's sort of like I got my kids. They're they're out of out of college now, and you know, I, it's sort of like being in college again myself right now. You know, I can I'm young enough. I can do whatever I want. So the good news is is there's lots of options out there. But follow your passion. I think that's the overall big message here. 
I think that's a great message. You made me think about so many things as you were saying all those things. I want to throw this out so we don't forget because I want to talk about this on another at another podcast when we have more time. What you said about being a, uh, an originalist with yes. the Constitution, yes, so that it should not be reapplied differently over time. I want to in the future talk about the changing world when uh, Google and Facebook these kind. Of, Oh, I'm waiting for you to come back. Sorry, Barry, I didn't hear your uh, your question there. You were saying uh, Google and Facebook. Are not. Oh. Okay. It's a whole different. There, there is a different game going on now where they have so much power. But yes, okay. I was saying that these kind of things are testing what freedom of speech is uh, and uh, should be. There's a lot of questions. They have so much power, and they're also uh, testing uh, the definition of what is a monopoly. A monopoly, and not anymore. But that, I'm just saying, we need to put that, tuck that away and talk about that in the future because we have so much to talk about right here, right now. I want to get back to what you said about, I want to make sure that anybody and everybody knows that is feeling stuck, that is uh, new to being over 50, starting over, you got squeezed out, was unexpected, and you're having the self-doubt. Know that you are, you're in your prime right now. You're more valuable than you've ever been. And that's, that's the truth. Now, you're, you're, your bottom feeders, that is not the case. This is the, it's all good news. Your bottom feeders, that is not the case. They're looking for the cheap help. All right. That is not where you belong anyway right, right now. That's how you got squeezed out in the first place is because they got pay some, somebody younger half, half the uh, salary and get a third of the effectiveness. So, but the, the thing is, is that you have an amazing resume that you're also afraid, oh shit, I haven't updated this in 20 years. Get some professional help updating it. You That's definitely, great... yes, you definitely need to do that That's uh, because things are different tip. these days. Yep, and yep. I work with a lot of different people in this field. I'm, I'm aware of how that works. So I definitely encourage that. I have something to say about that, Barry. And that is, you know, as we sit here over 50, I actually had to, I had that exact same thing is that, well, I got to update my resume. I haven't had to do that in like 10, so 10 or so years. And so, uh, I, yeah, and it is. And so I went out and, and got help. I, I looked up, I did some research on resume writers and, you know, went on Yelp, looked at all of the reviews and everything. I knew what I was looking for. And I hired this firm to help me. First off, what a great thing. It's not really that expensive. You get into it, what you put into it. Uh, but it was a delight to go through the process. And one of the it's things that I, yeah, I was not expecting that because you know how it is with the resume. There's this huge stress factor and anxiety, oh, all anxiety. that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I, but I met with this uh, and they assigned a counselor to me and she was fantastic. She obviously had done this a bunch of times before. 
gave me this sense of security and and peace about how this was going to turn out. She interviewed me at the end of the interview. She was so excited about my my qualifications and my experience that it was making me excited. I mean, we were just kind of going back and forth and everything. One of the things that she noticed on my resume was I put all of my experience experiences on there and thinking all of them were relevant. I, I've got a great story to tell. But what she did was she cut out probably the bottom two thirds of the experiences that I've had because mm -hmm. she felt like the experiences that I've had in the last 10 years are the most relevant and that I didn't have to go through a listing of everything I've ever done. The, the big reason was because it was giving away my age. And the, the and as you know, I mean, I've I've had to hire lots and lots of people. You know, you don't have time to go over every resume with a fine tooth comb. So what you do That's is right. you get a stack of resumes. They're daunting to go through. There's lots of information. So I'm looking at the highlights, and I'm just yep. going through the highlights, and and certain things are gonna check check off like. Uh, hmm, this looks weird. This guy's been has huge gaps in his in his resume, or this. There's lots of things that jump off the page, but things like that are things that can easily disqualify you right out of the gates, and you'll never know it. Go ahead, Barry. Yeah, um, I do a lot of hiring of programmers and different artists for different things with projects that I'm working on. I go, I have to go through a lot of resumes. I hate doing that. I also did the hiring back when I was at an agency many years ago. And so I had to do the same thing. And the, the process that I use every time is the first, oh, what do you want to call it? The first throw out phase. I, I try to you know, quickly go through and disqualify as many as possible. So I then whittle it down. Hopefully right. I, I, I disqualify two thirds and then I go and do a second round on that final one third. And then I start rating them from there. Is that what you do as well? Yeah, because it's impossible to do it any other way. And you have other things that you're needing to do as well. It's not just that your job is right. to hire people. You've got to run your organization at the same time. So yeah, I mean, you want to nail it down to your top five because really yeah. that's going to be about the extent of what your your workload's going to allow you to manage. So in order to get down to that, you're going to have to use some, some pretty big disqualifiers and age could be one of those. And of course, there's legalities around that, but you'll mm -hmm. never know about that. That's you're, sure. you're not going to know that you were disqualified because they figured out that you were 50 plus. Yeah, that's why I brought it up because I thought it was excellent advice uh, that that lady gave you to whittle down to the last 10 years because the disqualifying, you yeah. you want to make it into that last round. And I don't think of it so much as just the age. I think of it as highlights. You better have, it better be strong. Uh, yeah, I well, do well, yeah. Age is just one thing that no, I was giving no fluff. Away. You don't have time for fluff. You know, it has to be very concise because you got a lot at this age, at this uh, point in our careers, we have a lot of things to put on there. I do know that the days of the one page resume are over. Mm, unless, I disagree. disagree well, with you. I disagree because I've had a very lengthy conversation with a colleague that specializes in this, who Me I too. respect a great deal. Yeah, okay. 
I, I can understand There's different, different schools of thought. Yeah. They, that's the thing about resumes okay. is that yeah. there are different schools of thought and no one person has the be all end all answer. But here I think is the big deal. Barry is how you feel about it is really. Sure. Key. And if you have a well, one page or a two page, if you feel super confident, because I don't think you're going to get thrown out because you have a one page or a two page. I don't I think It's getting the, the resume is just getting you the appointment. Uh, and, and one or two pages can do it. Now there's people that feel like if you put two pages, Barry, just like what I was talking about is that I'm a manager and I've got a huge stack of resumes and there's a one pager and I've got great highlights on that. Mm. And, and it's more succinct. It's probably going to get my attention more than a two pager that I got to spend more time on that. So that's the point there. So oh, that's traditionally, there. that's traditionally, I mean, 30 years ago, whatever. Yeah. It, that's always the way it, it was keeps too. changing. It keeps changing it too. And to your point, that's why you want to go to a professional because they're up to, they're up with exactly what the times are with your resume yeah. and they and can your tell industry. you that you, you haven't yeah, exactly. And things that you really have no idea that there's a pitfall there in front of you and uh, they can they can help you with that last thing i want to say about this is mm -hmm. that if you go through a professional and you go through that whole process once you have the finished product you are going to feel so good about your resume that that's mm -hmm. going to come out in your interviews so Boy, it's well so worth the mm -hmm. investment you know i can directly relate that to what i do with companies when developing their value propositions and that is helping them find their most unique identifying be benefits and it could be for the as a company over overall and it can be for each individual service and mm -hmm. let me tell you when you do a deep dive with these people and you really find the real passion behind what they're doing and then you help bring that to the forefront where they go, Oh my God, you hit it. And now yes. everybody is on the same page with that messaging and are very confident about it. And their heart beats a little faster when they're talking that helps out the sales force an awful lot helps out all of your marketing messaging. Of course, my point is that is exactly what you're saying on a personal level. Yes. Is that, yeah. When you have the your same messaging, thing, dialed in and it's tight and it's hard. It's hard to get there. It takes a lot of refinement. And the first half, half of that process is like pulling teeth for you. Mm -hmm. Totally get that. But I'll tell you what, as it starts to take shape and you're seeing it, you'll almost get giddy about it. Be like, I didn't even realize that. These kind of things. So when you, yes, when you go into that interview, those interviews repeatedly, you will have a lot more confidence than you would otherwise. Being unprepared, forget about it. Back to what we said about doing speeches, I think it was last week, you know, the, the, the more moral to the story, the lesson that I learned out of the speech was preparation is key. Is I saw all the unprepared people go up there and scar themselves for life. <laughs> class at this young age 
by not being prepared, come up and took a little uh, turn because they did not prepare and bombed with their speech. And I'm sorry, I did not do uh, a lot of uh, laying the groundwork on coming back to that. But you helped me, you guys helped me prepare for my speeches. And we talked about the final where I had to give this super important speech and you guys helped me prepare and prepare and prepare. And I did so well that I came home whistling Dixie and, and it just, it makes such a, an impression on you. So preparation is everything. And another thing I want to make a note on this, you know what this leads us to in, in a future, uh, over 50 starting over, we need to talk about interviewing tech processes and techniques. That'd be a good one. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I've uh, definitely had my uh, experiences on both sides of the desk and uh, there's some funny stories as well. Hey, Barry, I'm noticing the time here and we're coming up on the the last 10 minutes of the show and I definitely want to be able to talk about what's going on in current events right now, especially as we look at the fact that this is a uh, monumental day in American history. Yeah, so take it away, man. I, yeah. I, I just want to say that, you know, today is Wednesday, December 18th, and um, the House is going to impeach President Trump today. There's no doubt about the fact that, that that's going to happen, and this will be the third president ever impeached by the House. The first one was Andrew Johnson, and the second one was Bill Clinton. And so in nearly 230 some odd years of our history, this is this is the only the third time he is the 45th president. And, you know, they they're definitely going to vote yes on impeachment. It'll be a 100 percent partisan vote and it'll mm. go to the it'll go to the Senate after that. I think this is a dark day in American history. It's a very dark day. I, I keep hearing that it's a somber day. I don't know, uh, somber and solemn. Uh, I just think that there's a darkness over this country right now, and the stakes are very high. We impeach a president based on uh, based on obstruction of Congress and abuse of powers, then what we're going to do is we're going to impeach a president on something that is not in the Constitution that is impeachable. The Constitution in Article Mm. 2 is very specific about what impeachable items are. They are high crimes and misdemeanors, and the Founding Fathers define high crimes uh, and misdemeanors as an extremely egregious crime. It's not Mm. as what we know as misdemeanor today. Uh, that, That definition has changed. And bribery and treason are the only items that we can impeach a president for. So abuse of power and obstruction of Congress are not impeachable offenses according to the Constitution. And if Mm -hmm. Congress is going to use those two items to impeach a sitting president whom over 60 million people voted for in a landslide victory um, using the Electoral College, then this is where the actual abuse of power is. It's in Congress. Congress is overstepping their power as the as a uh, branch of our government, and they're usurping the executive branch. 
the, even if you take a look at how our three branches are supposed to work, the history of our three branches is that when there's a dispute between the legislative and the executive branch, the judiciary comes in and settles it. That's exactly what our president was doing, was he was going to the judiciary because subpoenas do not have the force of law behind them. You have to get a, a writ from, from the Supreme Court in order to back that up. And that's what the president was doing. And Congress circumvented that by calling it um, uh, obstruction of Congress. Now, if that is obstruction of Congress, then just about every president uh, in our 45 president history is guilty of obstruction of Congress. And the interesting thing is that during the con con Constitutional Convention back in 1787, there was a debate on the floor and it was George Mason that came up with uh, the idea while they were discussing impeachment that maladministration should be added to the list of crimes that would, in that would cause impeachment. So bribery, treason, maladministration, high crimes and misdemeanors. And it was Madison that argued vehemently against that, saying that if maladministration is an impeachable offense, every single president will be impeached from here on, which is true. And if you take a look at what Trump is being impeached for, yeah. it's maladministration, mm -hmm. which means this. If we impeach today, the chances of the next president being impeached is almost 100%. Mm -hmm. This actually destroys the office of the president or has the potential of destroying the power of the office of the president. Today, I watched Nancy Pelosi in her intro speech to the impeachment, and she had a sign behind her that said, to the republic for which it stands. And I know that uh, that's part of the Pledge of Allegiance. She actually quoted the Pledge of Allegiance, which I was disturbed by, mm. because a republic stands for representative government. A republic stands for, you know, the only person in the federal government that we all vote for is the president. And the republic stands on the people's vote. It's government of the people, by the people, and for the people. When Congress makes a decision to impeach based on something that is not in the Constitution, they're stealing the will of the American people which is where we get our, uh, our freedoms from, our unalienable rights, which are we have, uh, the, we, we have the ability to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And liberty means that we have the right to vote for the government of our choice. Well, that's being stolen away from us by the majority party in the House right now, which is the Democrats. And for the leader of that party to say that they're protecting the republic and helping it to stand, I challenge that because it's really the opposite. It's like the game Jenga. They're pulling out different, different pieces of wood so that now the republic stands on a very unfirm foundation. And I'm very concerned about where we go from here. Oh, I certainly am too. You, 
you said it all. I've been extremely concerned about it. I listen to the hearings a bit when I'm in my car, flipping on NPR and uh, listen to it for a while. And I, I got to tell you, every time – so we go from Democrat to a Republican to a Democrat, you know, and rebut it. And but the Democrats and the rhetoric, uh, it's it's unbelievable. They're, they just keep talking about so many emotionally pulling kind of words rather than, as you said, things that are uh, unconstitutional. No, they're trying to uh, trying to tell you that he's just, geez, the words they're using, I can't even think of it. For one thing, they were using bribing a lot about seven to 10 days ago. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that got pulled for some reason. Maybe they Because they didn't, they didn't prove it. That's the oh, only okay. reason, because bribery does constitute an impeachable offense. And if they were able to prove it, they would have used that as an article of, of impeachment. But they didn't. They used two things that did not include any criteria for impeachment, which is abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. Those are not in the category of impeachable offenses, according to the Constitution. And I just want to say this, that... It's so important for every American person to understand what's in the the Constitution, and it's very important to understand what the original meaning of those words actually are saying. And it's sort of like um, the word gay meant something different 100 years ago than it means today. And so if George Washington were to write down, I'm feeling gay today, well, today, the the progressives would say that George Washington was a homosexual. But that's not true because the, the word meant something different back then. And so I always which, wondered about Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble. you see exactly and and so we're that's why i say i'm an originalist i look at the constitution and the words in the constitution i want to understand what the founders meant at the time when they wrote those words high crimes and misdemeanors mean something different than what's being portrayed by the democratic party today it's that these these two Articles of impeachment do not fit into the criteria that's inside the Constitution, and they know it, and that's why they didn't use bribery as one of the articles of impeachment. We should know what's inside of the Constitution, and the reason why is that people in authority, understanding that we don't actually understand the words that are in there, can use those words to deceive us. And um, that is exactly what tyrannical governments have done throughout all of history. Read your constitution, know what's in it, so that you can't be fooled by those who would take your liberty and freedom in order to enhance their own power. That's what's happening today. Protect yourself and educate yourself. That would be my advice. I think that's great advice, and certainly I don't remember the last time I read the Constitution. Um, I, I rely on you for that kind of feedback. Uh, A lot of so, <laughs> I know. And thank God that we got you on the show. But what bothers me most, getting back to your original point here, is that it was clear that the far left collectively lost their minds, it seems to me, the day that Trump won the Republican nomination. That's Not right. the day he won the presidency. The day he won the nomination they i i used to listen to npr religiously every time i got in the car that's i never changed the channel but it was like that day 
they they went far left. And it was bef- prior to that, I thought they were very balanced, uh, extremely balanced. I was very proud of them for their uh, journalistic integrity in that regard. But as of like that day, they went far left. They started saying, we this, we that, you know, uh, talking about, oh, we're all into this and against Trump. And, and I'm not a fan of Trump. I'm not. I certainly don't have the derangement syndrome, though. I think he's done a lot of good, but I'd like somebody more respectable to represent the country and keep us on and keep the government coming back into a more respectable uh, form of leadership. I think we're very far away from that. But I'm going to get back to your point because they were on the road to impeachment from the day they lost the election. They clearly yeah. were, and they won, and they went totally against the Constitution that day when they started getting all anti-electoral um, uh, college. Yes, okay, which exactly. So it's interesting. For- yeah, it's interesting yeah. that they can attack the Constitution and then in these uh, uh, hearings cite the founding fathers and how how great the founding and the, and, and the Constitution when they've been attacking it this whole time. The Constitution gives you and I personal protection over our unalienable rights given to us by God. This is according to the Declaration of Independence and Mm -hmm. the Constitution. And when the Constitution is weakened or attacked, they're not attacking the president of the country. They're attacking you. They're attacking you personally and your liberties and your freedoms. If you take a look at what's going on right now, if the Democrats have their way and that becomes the legal precedent here in this country, then what can happen to you personally is that if somebody in an authority position decides they don't like you for any reason, it could be your political opinion, it could be your business, it could be that they're jealous of you, they can trump up charges, they can Uh, modify those charges and lie about it, completely get away with immunity by putting you in jail and having you never see the light of day. Due process has been thrown out the window. Due process is the cornerstone of our constitution. It comes from early documents like the Magna Carta. This has been the Western philosophy for centuries. And this impeachment is doing away with that whole protective freedom, which is part of our unalienable rights. And this is a shame. And it should be scary to every single person here in this country. Well, it's absolutely scary because uh, the press, as you say, the precedent that is being laid down. So now we go through the next election and what the losing party starts impeachment hearings. Uh, Immediately. Uh, I mean, they haven't been doing their job for three years. No. Uh, yeah, with all these distractions. So How do you not call that abuse it, of power. Without question. I totally agree. So what is likely to happen from here? So he does technically get impeached because the Democrat own, Democrats own the House, but he's not going to get removed from power because no, the Senate So what so to me it day? seems the end game, first of all, even if he got removed from power, just give you a pence. Have they ever thought that through? Here's my um, concern, and because I think you're making a great legitimate point, Adam Schiff himself said a few months ago that impeachment without removal is a 
travesty. And now I think it's going to kill weekend, their party, isn't it? Over the week, I it's think it could kill the Democrat over yeah. the weekend. He said that impeachment without removal is still worth it. Why did he change? Well, first off, he knows that he's not going to get removal. But here's what I'm more concerned about. And I I like to listen to Mark Levin and he brought this up. Uh, actually, his neighbor brought this up and he gave credit to his neighbor. And here's what it is. One of the most sacred honors that the president gets is appointing Supreme Court justices. Right now, he's appointed two Supreme Court justices, and the, for the first time in our lifetimes, the, the Supreme Court is now bent towards conservatism, actually the first time since the 1930s. Now, um, that's why a lot of changes have actually happened here. That's brought us uh, abortion on demand. It's brought us um, uh, gay marriage as well. So these are the, the, we've taken prayer out of the school. We've completely changed the school system. We can't talk about God in school. These have all gone through the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has changed this because they have been majority, uh, not liberal, but left. And so now for the first time, this will change the trajectory of our legal system for at least the next 20 years. Now, as the president is coming to the end of his first term, he could possibly be going into a second term. But between now and the end of this term, Ruth Bader Ginsburg could possibly leave and vacate that position in the Supreme Court. I believe that the Democrats are going to use impeachment to say that um, we would never let a, a sitting president appoint a Supreme Court justice who has been impeached. And that's what I Mark Levin brought up. And I believe that that's one of the most powerful honors and privileges that the president gets. And I believe yeah. they're going to use this to try to strip him of that power, whether uh, he's elected again or not. Do you think that there's any chance we got to wrap up, uh, but do you think that there's any chance that they could lose this uh, impeachment? No. Is there any chance that this can be overturned and said, this is unconstitutional even. Okay. It's going to go through. We it's a given it's going to go through. He will be impeached. Is there any chance that there's going to be new hearings on the constitutionality of the impeachment? So the only body that could possibly overturn this is the Supreme Court. Anytime there is a disagreement between the executive and the legislative branch, it's the judiciary that comes in. The judiciary mm. could possibly come in and say that the grounds for impeachment here are unconstitutional. And so that would be pretty exciting if something like that were to happen. But this is why we have three branches of government to protect our republic in that, in that yeah. whole thing. And here's another thing uh, to just throw out there. Study the first impeachment of a president, Andrew Johnson, and look and see the complete similarities of the Trump impeachment that's happening and see how the Senate came in and saved the presidency by one vote. One vote mm. saved his presidency and then see why they did it. They did it because they were concerned that this would do everlasting damage to our republic. And here we go again. Yeah, for sure. Well, I next time we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. Whatever happens, we really do. But we got to sign off. So 
Hey, thanks for uh, joining us, everyone. Hope that you got a lot out of the show. And please leave questions. You can leave uh, any comments, questions on our YouTube channel, Over 50 Starting Over, uh, Over 50 Starting Over, or at our website, Over50StartingOver.com. And uh, you can get links to all of our podcast hosting and a YouTube channel as well at Over50StartingOver.com. Spell that out. That is not the numeral 50. Right on. Good work. Okay. All right. Uh, Thanks a lot, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. God bless America. See you.